I'm Justin Lesko, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu brown belt and former pro MMA fighter. On a random Wednesday night somewhere in Texas, the greatest no-gi grappler of all time came out of a very short retirement and returned to competition. Well, more like returned to near competition. He's adjacent to competition. Gordon Ryan faced UFC welterweight Philip Rowe in a 15-minute exhibition match at this week's Who's Number One event, and it was kinda weird. Let's get into it. Before we get to Gordon Ryan, there were two title fights on the card, and before those, Jacob Couch added another highlight reel finish to his resume when he set up a triangle armbar on Hunter Colvin. I, for one, think close guard is underused and underappreciated. That's mainly because people aren't aggressive there. But if you have a good open guard and you have a good open guard retention, then you shouldn't be afraid of attacking from close guard. Worst case scenario is that in the process of attacking, your opponent tries to pass, at which point you prevent them and attack from a more open guard. Let's make close guard violent again. And it's the end of my soapbox rant for this episode. Jacob Couch, he set up the triangle from the closed guard and he eventually attacked the arm for the win. If you remember a few weeks ago at the Who's Number One Championship, Jacob Couch had one of the upsets of the tournament when he got a win over Roberto Jimenez via heel hook. So Jacob Couch is having a few good weeks here. The first title fight of the night was Mikey Musumeci versus Richard Alarcon for the 135 pound title. The whole match lasted I think like 56 seconds and Mikey got the tap via what some I've seen online are calling the Mikey lock, but I, I really think this is something we've seen before. It's sometimes called a heel bar. Flow Grappling put on their post about the match, about you know the Mikey lock and uh, people weren't happy in the comments. I know that it's something I've seen Coyotera and, and a few other guys use before. I think Dean Lister has hit this before. I'll put the small disclaimer out that at the time of this recording, there is not a great angle for me to see the actual finish itself. So if there are details about it that I've gotten wrong, I'm going to blame Flow Grappling's limited camera angles at the time I'm recording. I'm sure something will come out that will make me look stupid and my breakdown is completely wrong because you have a brand new angle that I don't have here in the past. But Mikey set it up from K-Guard and it was sort of like a lateral knee bar, but he was engaging like a heel hook at the same time, but he was using his own head instead of his armpit and his hands to create rotation as opposed to using like a more traditional like heel hook grip. It was a really cool finish. Just because I don't think he invented the submission or should have it named after him doesn't mean it wasn't cool. It was very impressive. I'm glad to see Mikey bounce back well after a tough loss back at the Who's Number One Championship. And now he's a Who's Number One Champion. So there's going to be more exciting matches for him, I think. That's a pretty stacked division and maybe we'll get the Geo rematch. Could be interesting. The next title fight on the card was Fionn Davies versus Natalie Ribeiro and... They are both really, really good and really, really accomplished. They have very long resumes. They're both no-gi world champs, so I had high expectations for this match, and, and I think it delivered. This match was a lot of fun, and usually a match with a lot of wrestling and a lot of hand fighting and being on the feet most of the time, that's not super interesting for me personally, but that's what happened in this match, and I thought the match was really, really good. Eventually, it was the takedowns that secured Fionn the decision, and there were some good scrambles in there. 
So let that be a lesson to you. You can have a match that goes the distance with no submission and a lot of wrestling, and it still be fun to watch. This brings us to the main event of the evening, and yes, I know there were more than three matches on this card, but we're gonna stick to some of the highlights. The main event though, uh, highlight, I guess, this match was closer to a flow roll than an actual match, which is what we all expected it to be. No one thought this was going to be a all-out super competitive match. This was designed to be a win-win for both Phil and Gordon, and if we're being honest, for flow grappling. It was a 15-minute clock, and no matter how many submissions there were, there wasn't going to be a winner. It was going to be a draw no matter what. Gordon submitted Phil four times, Phil submitted Gordon zero times, and honestly, you can't really even say how well either of them did because the intensity was so low. Like I said, it was like a flow roll, maybe like a flow roll plus with a few moments of realistic grappling. So that's why I said in the intro that this was sort of incorrect in saying it was Gordon's return to competition. It was more like his return to an event that Flo could make money off of. And if you're Gordon, this match happens to pay you money. It you know pushes the sales of your new instructional and it gives you something to do on a Wednesday night in Texas. I get, Texas is a cool place, I guess, for some people, but that's where the Dallas Cowboys live, so fuck Texas. I personally don't think someone at Gordon's level doesn't need to shake off ring rust when he comes back to competition, especially since his retirement really wasn't for an exceptionally long period of time. He didn't need this match to get back into grappling shape or to get used to competing again. He, he's done this enough already and he's the best nogi grappler probably of all time. This match happened because Flo knows that people will watch pretty much anything Gordon does. Should it have been a main event? It depends on who you ask. It's hard to not put Gordon Ryan in the main event if he's competing on a card. I always try to keep an ear to the street of what people are enjoying and what they aren't. And by ear to the street, I mean reading the comments on Instagram and YouTube and Reddit. And it seemed like there were three camps for this event. Number one, Gordon fanboys who no matter what he does, they love it and will always add a flame emoji to their comment on Instagram and extra points if you add the word goat plus a flame emoji. Camp two is the Gordon haters. To them, this was stupid and Gordon sucks and why didn't he fight Felipe Pena instead and Andre Galvo is going to run through him. You can get extra points on your Gordon Hater comment if you comment that Gordon actually lost this match that didn't have winners and losers that he had four submissions in. Group three, it was the indifferent. The this was way too late on a Wednesday night for me to watch two guys fooling around crowd or the I didn't need to see this but it's on so whatever crowd. And honestly, that's probably where I fall. I am going to watch every time Gordon Ryan competes because it's Gordon Ryan. Even if the word competes is in very heavy air quotes. I am cynically aware that this was a cash grab for Gordon and for Flo. I'm very happy for Phil Rowe that he got some time on the biggest stage against the biggest star in the sport. As I have said and will say anytime Phil Rowe is in the news cycle, I have a pro MMA win over Phil Rowe and I'd love to give him a rematch in a sub only match now, mostly because right now he's more famous than I am and that's, you know, what you do. 
but I do always hope Phil does well, and this is obviously the highest profile match you can get. This is the Conor McGregor fight. This is the Red Panty Night. Would I have watched this match if it wasn't my job to watch everything and put out an episode about it? I don't know, probably, but I don't know. It was late on a Wednesday and I had to work early on a Thursday. These guys seemed to have fun. They were clowning around at the end, pretending to throw strikes on the ground. But I think we all knew what this was going to be when we went into it. I knew this would be Gordon Ryan basically doing whatever he wanted and showing off techniques from the instructional he's trying to sell. I don't know what impact this will have on Gordon's long-term plans slash full return to competition. I know he posted on the gram that he's still working to get his stomach issues fully under control and he hopes to make a full return. I do know that when Gordon does come back, this match won't have made much of an impact on that at all. But that's not what this match was for. The other matches I talked about already were better because they were real matches with real stakes attached and they were competitors trying their best. But Gordon is Gordon, just like Connor is Connor. Doesn't really matter the circumstance. When they fight, everyone will watch. Thank you all for listening. I hope you found this episode interesting. If you want to watch the video version of this episode or any episode we do, the link to our YouTube page is below. There are a lot of videos there, especially things that don't really work as an audio only format. So please check that out. If you did enjoy this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to the show. It does really help us out. And if you really want to help us out, check out our bonus content via Patreon. The link is below in the description. You can get tons of bonus content there for as little as $3 a month. There is a lot of content coming, so please stay tuned. Thanks again. I will see you in the next episode.